Hello, and welcome to Artbox. I'm your host, Jason. In this episode, I sit down with Cynthia Conley. Cynthia is an artist and curator in the DMV area. She also heads up Arlington Art Truck. The Arlington Art Truck is, in their words, a curated cultural vehicle connecting the community through art. I talked to Cynthia about her art path and about the Arlington Art Truck. So, with that, sit back and relax and enjoy the interview. So, uh, if you could, please uh, introduce yourself. Uh, my name is Cynthia Connolly. I'm Special Projects Curator for Arlington County, Virginia. I've lived in Arlington since the 80s, and I'm also an artist uh, whose work is in the collections of the J. Paul Getty Museum, the Smithsonian Museum of American Art, American History, and other institutions and private collections. Uh, I was involved with the DC punk music scene here in Washington, DC in Arlington and published a book in 1988 called Band in DC, Photos and Anecdotes from the DC Punk Underground. I've worked here in Arlington as in some capacity as a curator since 2004. So how did you get involved with the, the Arlington Art Truck? So uh, since I've been working for Arlington County since 2004 in some capacity as a curator, the first uh, position I had was manager and curator of a 4,000 square foot art gallery on Fairfax Drive called the Ellipse Art Center. And there I oversaw about four to five exhibitions a year. And the goal was to get sort of a larger audience uh, coming to those exhibits, which happened. Um, and there we, uh, me and eventually the education programmer, Lisa Marie Thalhammer, and I started a project called Project Mobile Ellipse, uh, where we did projects in the outside and the public as well as in the gallery. And although we didn't have a truck, we thought of ideas and ways to bring art out onto the streets. So uh, there were a couple projects. We did one at um, Clarendon Day a long time ago with an artist named Laura Jane Hamilton, where we made uh, ornaments in her style, sort of almost kind of Christmas tree ornaments, but they weren't. But there used to be a pine tree in the middle of Clarendon Plaza or the park there where the metro is. And uh, we had kids paint. We had the artist design four different or five different kind of uh, architectural styles that you see in Clarendon, and then adults and kids could paint in their own facade. So they is something that's most rec you know recognizable types of architecture in Clarendon. And then we decorated the pine tree with all these really cool uh, shapes and looked very kind of folk art looking. So that's an example of some of the projects we did, and those were done about 15 years ago or 10 years ago. And um, fast forward, I was the visual arts curator for Artisphere, where I oversaw or curated three galleries and an artist-in-residence space. And when uh, the county decided to close Artisphere, they, Cultural Affairs wanted to keep me, and they asked me what I wanted to do. And kind of thinking about um, some of the challenges with Artisphere was that it was a new location. It was in Roslyn. And a lot of people who live in Arlington don't necessarily, uh, Roslyn's mostly visited by those who uh, work there from uh, Monday through Friday. So we had a really great challenge of marketing Artisphere to bring those people for the workday to come, but also then the residents of Arlington to make it their own. So when they said they wanted to keep me, I thought the first thing was the challenge of how to get people to come to where you are and that and that feeling of being sort of stuck in a place. 
the opposite is to take that place and move it around all over Arlington, which was to put it in a truck. So um, thinking about working when I was working for an organic grower for 20 years and I sold vegetables at the courthouse farmer's market, uh, many people remember me from those days here in Arlington. And um, I thought about that format and thought the best way to do art was to bring it out into the public realm. So bringing it to where people convene in um, open spaces, plazas, farmers markets, and festivals. What's been really interesting about it, um, it's been a long process of developing it, uh, really thinking about it a lot to make it a success when it started, was observing through the three years of development from 2015 to 2018 when it launched in April 2018, is also thinking about how my response I'm employed as a curator, but I'm also an artist, but an artist, what artists do is observe, acutely observe their surroundings. So what I have realized now in my response to that, it was that I was responding to the Arlington surroundings where we do have these open plazas that urban, the urban spaces have been redesigned and we have these open plazas, we have open spaces, we have the farmer's market when and 30 years ago, when I started working for the organic grower, there was one, and now there's 10 or 11. So the place has changed, and I responded to the change by developing something called the Arlington Art Truck, which once we saw that it immediately was a success, it, it all made sense why it was a success. It's a response. The Arlington Art Truck responded to the sort of cultural and the, and the um, urban landscape that we have now in Arlington. The, the landscape here is very valid because I, I live near Roslyn. So, you know, I would go always down to Artisphere. And oh, I, great. I, I miss Artisphere. I do too. But at the same token, though, I, I think, like you said, what bore out of it, having the Arlington art truck is, is a great idea because it does bring the art to the people. And, but I wondered, how did, how did the process go about why a van or a tr- why not just a flatbed truck? What was the... The thinking of that. The thinking of what, what the vehicle was. Well, yeah. there was a couple things. One, I really wanted a food truck truck that was larger, but the county doesn't maintain those types of trucks. So we went to, we chose the vehicle that could hold the most amount that a, that a county, the county would maintain. So it's a matter of sort of practicality. Basically, that's it. Oh, okay. Uh, I chose one. It's not the largest truck. There was one that was extended and I decided I didn't want that because I didn't think it was going to inhibit where I could park by that extra foot. And I, I'm really glad that I didn't add in that extra foot because so far I haven't needed that extra foot. Although artists design the works to fit into the van, so far we haven't had that problem. Yeah, I was about to ask, what, what when you when artists apply to do something for the Arlington Art Truck, would you give them obviously the dimensions and uh, what have you of, of the truck or van or, or vehicle, <laughs> if you want to call it? Well, actually, they don't apply. I actually I curate it, and the oh, difference so you, is you that go, I, okay. I find the artists. Okay. Uh, I think so. The format which we originally proposed that's still working is that the artist is doing what I call an activation. The idea originally was that it would take ten to three to ten minutes. That visually, when somebody walked up, they could see it, and they could easily digest it and see that it would take three to ten minutes, so that it really gets them more intrigued. Uh, to actually do whatever the project is, as opposed to walking away, kind of being overwhelmed by like sort of the TMI, too much information thing. So it's really 
thought out a lot. It might appear to be simple, but that's all part of it. The thought process we went through to make it so that it would work. And I'm constantly still thinking about kind of on my toes, thinking about how it works and how it won't work. Uh, And I'm kind of pushing those boundaries a little bit next year and even this fall. So I find artists who I feel as though like to talk to the public, who enjoy being in a public space, almost in some ways they're performers. They have to be comfortable with that open space and kind of anything might happen because you have to think about it. Most artists create work that go in galleries uh, and museums and they aren't there to interact with the public. So this is a different type of, this is a, a specific type of artist that can do create work that might be in a museum, but also that they're there and really enjoy the engagement with the public. Yeah. There's no siloing there. (laughs) You definitely have to, you definitely have to be someone who is outgoing, can't be um, not outgoing at all. Well, most artists are like this, but uh, kind of like a, a team member. I've noticed uh, the Arlington art truck when it's sort of humming, so to speak is when, and the idea again is when we go, go back to the visualization of the farmer's st- farmers market stand where people are buying vegetables and there's also a lot of people standing around and they're talking with each other. So that kind of kind of organic kind of confluence of people, uh, those people engage with, with themselves. They don't, know who, they don't know who those people are they're going to see at the market. But if you noticed, and I noticed this over 20 years, the people, they gave themselves the time to be there. So because they gave themselves the time to be there, they had the time to talk to people and have conversations. They weren't in a hurry. They didn't have to immediately leave to go do something else. And those were the moments where I feel new ideas happened. People absorbed those new ideas, conversations, and the progression of who we are culturally and socially happens. And I think it's a, I don't know what, there must be a term for it, but I'm now calling it a sort of a permeable layer that there are certain places where this kind of discourse occurs and there are certain places where it doesn't. And my goal is to bring the Arlington Art Truck to where this can happen. So the obvious is a farmer's market, a festival. Festival's harder because there's music and it's harder to talk over music because we do have a lot of messages and we have a lot we want to convey to, to the public. And then sometimes plazas work. And that's the really interesting part is when you see how a plaza works. And that is, to me, a detail of successful urban design that, again, I don't know what that's called, but uh, it works in Sherlington and the plaza in front of the Sherlington Library and the, um, the theater. So going back to it, curating is the finding the artist who really enjoys that kind of uh, dialogue with the public, but also that the artwork the artwork that we develop, we develop it together. So in a way, I've realized now it's not, usually it's not that I find something and immediately that fits with the Arlington Art Truck format. I'm actually seeing something and, and then reimagining how that would work in the Arlington Art Truck format. So I actually design it with the artist. So I, the process is that I, um, once I have a couple conversations with the artist, then I, I, I pay them a small amount to, to actually develop it with me. So there's a back and forth that goes on um, and can go on for months uh, to fine tune how we can see how it would engage the public, um, entice the public, and then engage them. Wow. Yeah, that 
That's it's that's actually some, very complex. Yeah, but it appears simple. No, uh, no, I've I've saw last year's um, install and and I saw this year's with with Neil, and uh, that on the surface looks very simple. Neil's <laughs> is actually probably one of the more simple ones, only because he builds that one though. Uh, the Futura Percussion 1860, that uh, project, which is uh, a series of for anybody, uh, you can look on the website or just, um, you know, search on Instagram, um, our truck Arlington, and you can find lots of photographs of his project. But um, it's basically a cart that he designed to fit into the Arlington art truck to actually fit on the ramp that goes into the truck. And then, I mean, everything just fits into the truck. So, yeah. and the cart holds these objects that are um, connected going backwards to a bicycle wheel. The bicycle wheel turns and makes electrical connections that send pulses through a button system that you, you, the public, push buttons, and then those pulses then go through different kind of instruments through, and most of the pulses are through speakers. So um, if that makes any sense. So basically, it's sort of like a one-person orchestra. Yeah, almost a one-man band. But Right, yeah, yeah. But when you, uh, but it, what I like is that it does encourage people to, um, allow themselves to uh, interact with it. And there's so many buttons and things that you can push. And even um, there's a, a, a bicycle wheel that you have to pull down to help kind of start it all. So it's like almost like a kinetic energy kind of approach to yeah, it, which right. I thought is, is pretty clever. And uh, the fact that he also made all of this, he didn't buy something off the shelf. He, well, he made about the components, but he made everything to make this thing fit on the truck Right on right. the ramp. That that's well, that's, that's an awesome. artist. That's yeah. what the artist does. He designed and built something that fits. And yes, the the truck dimensions. Going all the way back to your question, is the first thing I did when I got the truck actually a year before the program started, so that I could um, get a so quote unquote floor plan uh, made of the truck, mm -hmm. so that the floor plan could actually be given to the artist because, you know, I can't keep on measuring it. That actually was a huge amount of work just to do that on its own. Um, and then also get the truck painted. And the then I know you had a question about that earlier, about who the, why and who, what, why and when, why is the truck painted the way it is? And I yeah. think it's sort of a vision of my own from, and that my artist part of me, I'm really, I really love taking photographs of trucks, especially those that have, photographs on them and illustrations on them. And I've always enjoyed the ice cream truck. And so what it looks like is sort of an ice cream truck, but instead of ice cream, there's sort of a parade of art supplies, kind of the unusual and usual art supplies sort of running around the truck. Even on the front, it says art truck backwards so that if you saw it in a rear view mirror, you could see it reading it forwards. And so, and it's all hand painted by an artist named Stephen Powers, who is originally from Philadelphia, lives in New York, kind of goes back and forth between Philly and New York. They're really well known now, a really well known mural artist, successful mural artist who I met about 15 years ago. And we as artists had met each other and were inspired by each other's work. And we've been friends since then. And we've exhibited together in a lot of shows. So uh, he, he was immediately who I thought of would be perfect to do this project. Yeah, I, I, I had a feeling that it was something that related to like an ice cream truck or a food truck. <laughs> so I guess my, my, my assumptions were correct. <laughs> yeah, it's totally like an ice cream truck. And what, it was a total success last year when a kid, I saw a really young kid. He was probably like three or four. And he pointed to it and said, look, it's an ice cream truck. And then, then the mom nice. said, no, it's an art truck, which was awesome because 
for me to think about a child thinking that uh, from here on out, he's going to be his his eye is going to be out looking for the Arlington art truck. To me, is the idea of that surprise and discovery is so much about making your community and the place that you live a, a really fun a fun place to live by having these really kind of delightful surprises that happen in your everyday. So would you uh, down the road think about adding a, a fleet? We're adding more. <laughs> oh my gosh, it would be so amazing to have a fleet of them. That's a cool idea. I actually have a, a Facebook page that I started called Our Truck Fleet, and it's it's really mace, mostly discussing how you uh, convert trucks into vehicles for other uses, primarily art, but uh, could be anything kind of along those lines. A lot of people now are living out of trucks, so also that the conversion of these vehicles. So it's pretty uh, fun to see what people are doing. But uh, the fleet, you know, that would be incredible for us to get another one. It would require a lot of staff. I mean, another idea is that it would be great if we could bring the Arlington Art Truck outside of Arlington. But right now, it really is about budget and staff. I'm pretty much limited to my time, you know, the 40-hour work week and the budget that I have. And I think to go beyond what I'm doing now would really just I'm at my limit, so it would really require sort of a replication of me and kind of a times two of what we're already doing to make it feasible in any other way. Hmm. Well, if anyone's out there wants to help invest in a... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you invest in the government doing it. Which well, is the or in a really separate truck. Thing. You can get a you know a whole right. new one, but just call yeah. it like Arlington Art Truck 2 Boogaloo, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Well, part of um, the Arlington Art Truck was started with a National Endowment for the Arts grant, which, of course, was a huge feather in our cap to have yeah. that, especially when we were launching the truck. Uh, and so perhaps, you know, this other fleet or the other fleets might happen because of other grants that might come around that we can apply for. So we're always keeping our eye out for that and kind of uh, seeing the different ways that we can use, how we can constantly change what the Arlington Art Truck is. The one thing about this project in particular for me is that I really enjoy the fact that it's really, you really feel like you're immediately responding to the public and the public's immediately responding to you. I'm always there at every activation is what we call them. So they're once a week from April to October. And so, and we do go to public schools a couple times and bring it sort of like an indoor version of the same thing. But always keeping in mind that the Arlington Art Truck is what it is now, but it might change into something else. So one of my challenges, I really want to do a project with a, a performance, a dancer, a contemporary dancer. Hmm. And how do you do that where people actually will be able to see it um, in the spaces where it is? I'm sort of figuring out that maybe it's in addition to whatever project sort of attached more closely to the truck, because uh, that's what people have, that's kind of what their expectation is. Yeah. But then perhaps there's a performance at certain hours at that kind of as like a hub and that there's a performance that occurs and it's in that space, whatever that is, a farmer's market or festival or whatever it is, um, and that maybe that's how it works. So I'm always trying to figure out how to kind of push the boundaries of what it is, and I'm making sure that it doesn't sort of stay stagnant. Stagnant, yeah. yeah. I, I don't blame you. I, I would want to keep moving forward too. Yeah, it's hard to do that. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's really hard. Um, but I'm really excited because uh, this year the community partner. So the I don't know if we've even talked about this, but the artist develops projects with me. 
that amplify the voice of a community partner or nonprofit. So the community partner is either an Arlington office uh, or department uh, or a nonprofit in, in Arlington County. And so they, one of their staff people is with us. So this year, the Solid Waste Bureau is with us and Solid Waste Bureau manages our recycling and our trash. So we're talking about reducing waste and recycling, which is always, which is something I've learned. I, I decided to start working at their office twice a month so, since last year so I could learn more about who they are and how they operate. And, you know, finally, I've realized that the recycling is just, it's another commodity and it's constantly changing. So from, they make it look you know, they make it so that it's easy for us to throw everything in a bin. But on the back end, there is constant changes uh, to the sort of supply and demand of recycling of those materials. And they're constantly managing that, something that I never really thought about. And so this year, when the county announced that they were going to stop allowing glass into the, sing into the single stream recycling bin, uh, it was really a reflection of the fact that there are these changes and our system isn't exactly perfect. And I'm not talking about Arlington County system. I'm talking about the overall sort of consumption, the system that we have where we buy things and then we have, there's materials that go away from the things that we buy and how do we handle and manage those things. So with glass, it was interesting because for me, a lot of people were really angry about it in Arlington, yeah. but really... In the end, Arlington County really stepped up and said, this is actually what's happening and we need to figure out another way to deal with this. And so they did. And so there, to me, I think Arlington is way ahead of the curve by doing that and kind of sticking their neck out to do that. But that's what needs to happen and how we manage our trash and recycling. People really need to actually be a little bit more stealth. And we as the citizens have to be more stealth in responding to it. And I think Arlington County has a kind of community that does do that. And it's pretty exciting to see. And people are willing to change their kind of their habits and the way they work day to day to, you know, accommodate, to go drop off the glass in those two bins that we now have in the county, one near Central Library and one down at the Trade Center. Well, I'll, I'll, um, I'll make a confession. I have thrown some bottles of glass away in the um, trash. In the trash. <laughs> when I heard that, I, I was a little saddened, but I understood. Um, because like you said, it, in, in, in that uh, recycling business, I have a relative who, who used to be in it. We did, he did the aluminum side of things, and that was always an ebb and flow. Oh, that's interesting. Aluminum is always recycled, I think, at this right. point. Right. And, yeah. and, uh, but sometimes there would be little demand, so you know, just, they would not make any money off of it. And then other right. times be in such high demand that, that they couldn't keep it on the shelves kind of thing. Right. And uh, it was such a. Right. So there you go. It's the same thing. It's the same and what's thing. interesting, somebody just told me, I was at a wine shop, bottle of wine. It was German and it was in plastic and it looked like a glass bottle. And I picked it up and realized it was plastic and it was inexpensive. And one of the reasons why it's less expensive is because you don't have to pay for the shipping of the weight of the glass from Germany. So there's obviously going to be changes like this, the glass. And what's even more, the reason, one of the reasons why was because it was less expensive. The other reason why is because there's a glass shortage in Germany. So that's what I've been told. I didn't research to see if that was true. Yeah. But if there's a glass shortage, then you're seeing how on one end, we're not, we're unable to take our glass and convert it back into glass again to truly be recycled. We're seeing it getting sort of, uh, what do you call it, downcycled into paving aggregate. And on the other hand, there's other parts of the world that uh, have a glass shortage. So how do you manage that sort of 
ebb and flow of uh, and supply and demand. And it's um, it's yeah. going to be constant discussion. As a matter of fact, I mean, Arlington, our truck could just be dedicated to the Solid Waste Bureau for the forever because we are constantly consuming and we're going to always have these issues about where does our trash go? Where does this recycling go? How do we manage it? And it's going to constantly change. And part of the, you know, the main mission of the Arlington, our truck is to be sort of this depot where you can get the answers you need in a really simple, easy way. Yeah, no, that, that was nice that the time I went and the waste management people were there and I was not the only one to, to ask them about why the glass, but oh, it, gosh, it, no, yeah, it's everybody. always nice to have someone there and present. So that right. is interesting also that you have always a co-sponsor that's with you. Um, it's, it's hard for them to do it because everybody as a county employee myself. And, you know, I know that the Arlington Art Truck is here because I really actually think Arlington's a really great place to live. And the people who work for Arlington County are really brilliant, creative, and willing to collaborate on something like this with me. So I know that's one of the other reasons why it's here because we have a really amazing community and county hires really incredible staff. So that's why it's happening here. The other thing I wanted to mention next year, community part, we're going to be, I'm doing a collaboration with Public Art to celebrate, highlight the 60th anniversary of the sit-ins that occurred here in Arlington County. A lot of them happened on Lee Highway and a couple of them happened in Shirlington on, I believe, June 6th and 7th, 1960. So the first Arlington Art Truck project for the season in April and May next year will be with a letterpress printer, Amos Kennedy. Uh, some of his work you can already see in the lobby of the LNM Bosman Government Center, which is 2100 Clarendon Boulevard. Also, for the rest of the year, that year, June, July, August, September, October, we're going to be working with the future of the Arlington Art Truck is going to talk about our communities, that our communities aren't just the connections we make as people, but that our community also involves the environment that surrounds us and that we as humans are connected to that environment. And yeah. how do we how do we be better stewards of our environment? What we do does affect us in the end, and it does go around in a circle. And so thinking about our community as the environment as well. Um, so we're going to talk uh, next year about the waterways here in Arlington and the natural resources that we have. I'm excited about the artists that we're working we're going to be working with next year. Yeah, I, I love letterpress work. I have a small letterpress myself. Oh, you do? Yeah. Oh, great. So do I. Yeah, it's uh, it's... It's a six by nine. It's called what's it, the X. Um, I forgot the name of the manufacturer on top of my head. But Chamber uh, and Price. I, it might be, because uh -huh. well, this this press was made in 1896. Uh huh. So yeah, it's a tabletop clamshell. Yeah. Yeah. I just recently did some stuff uh, for another event, not related to this, but it, it, it's it's interesting about the technology today and using a letterpress is because I, I admit. I do kind of cut corners. I do use the photosensitive type of plates opposed to carving out or using uh, actual letterpress letters. And I mean, I have a lot of them. I just, and I even have all the stuff to lock it up and everything. Oh, it's wow. just, it's honestly, it's more time consuming just trying to figure out how many slugs and parking they put in there. And so I just go to, you know, get the, the plates done that, that, makes it a little faster for me, but oh, cool. I know there are some people hardcore and they would love to, they love doing all that. And, yeah. um, but I, I love just the, the, the smell of the ink and I love just the, the action. Like you're physically making, creating this thing. Right. Well, it doesn't require electricity. And it doesn't require electricity. It's know, not it's monitoring to you. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. So we're going to have um, what's called a show card press, which is a, a press that's a tabletop flat model that mm -hmm. was used to, 
make, and if you look at old signs or if you look at old movies, you can see signs in department stores that were made by a show card press. The signs are actually letterpress signs. And so we're going to have a couple of those of Amos's and we're going to be handing out six by eight cards, each with a quote from one of the sit-ins and then a map on the backside with the sit-in information. Well, so what's at, at the courthouse uh, plaza area? So right. That's, so that's the same, like, the same, it's the same stuff. kind of, it's the same theme uh, or the same aesthetic. And yeah. it's going to continue uh, then with the sit-ins. Yeah. I, I got a couple of prints from that. Yeah, and, and, I, that and I, yeah. And I was like, this is bold to use in cardboard. And I thought it was really great. And I love the color choice in the letter font too. Cause I'm also a font junkie. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think he usually uses Franklin Gothic, but I don't remember what he used for those. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I can't think of the name of it right now, but it's, Oh, it's going to drive me nuts. You know what? I'll, I'll be taking a shower later tonight, and it'll come to me. It'll be bugging me now. What? The font? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I don't know which font, because I know he did use a couple fonts. Well, he did use a couple fonts, but I just one of them stuck out a lot that was more modern, and I don't know. Oh, Futura? It may have been, yeah, it may have been Futura that I'm thinking of. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it may have been that one, because it was really clean and slick. The font, right. But. Interesting. I think he might be making plastic plates for this so that they're, it's just one block so that in case yeah. it, when we're moving it around, it doesn't dislodge because I think as he's concerned about that, cause he's not going to be here. He's going to be here the first week of April and then about the third week of May. And then we're having another artist sort of, cause he's from Detroit. So we're going to have another artist kind of act as in his place for the activations we have between those weeks. Wow. How can I ask this without say making it sound like it's favoritism? <laughs> what is your favorite farmer's market? Oh, well, they're all different. Um, and really, I like the farmer's markets that have a lot of activities. So I still do like what I call the courthouse farmer's market, but now it's called the Arlington farmer's market, the one at courthouse, because it has probably the most number of vendors. But I mean, in the summertime, that is. And that's also because I worked there for 20 years for Potomac Vegetable Farms. I also like the mega market at Ballston a lot. That's a really great market. And then the Fairlington market. I like that one because it's really active as well. And those are my probably three markets just because they're most active. And also because they're convenient for me to go to. I also like the Arlington Mill Farmer's Market because if it, you know, it's really close to where I live and I can ride a bike to it. Yeah, I was going to ask, so who who drives the truck? Do you drive the truck? Oh, I drive or? the truck. It's actually parked out front here. Oh, so it's literally out front. Of yeah, the- <laughs> it is. It's actually parked on the street um, because I'm going straight to Crystal City for the Crystal City Farmer's Market today, right wow. after this interview. Wow. Yeah. Well, that reminds me. We should probably go ahead oh, and we wrap should it probably, up. Yeah, we should because so, I have to be there in 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so is there anything else you want to add before uh, we finish up? Anything? Uh, that- no, I just, uh, you know, there is the website, um, arlingtonarts.org, and then there's a tab for, um, for I, I think it's art exhibitions or um, and then uh, programming, and then you see the Arlington Art Truck. So in the fall, the challenging project that we're doing is called Ties That Bind, Learn to Sew on a Button and Connect by Lorenzo Cardim with artist Charlene Wallace and Angela Lotson. So you're actually going to learn how to sew on a button. And um, this is so that we can talk about reducing waste by actually repairing your clothes as opposed to just giving them away or throwing them away, which I've uh, observed myself. And um, when I do casual surveys with people that I know, I would say about 50% of the people that I casually survey, don't know how to sew on a button. So I'm hoping that this will teach people how to sew on a button, empower them to possibly even learn to sew even further 
or doing simple mending. And also uh, we will have a regular needle and thread thread for adults and then a, a sort of a plastic needle and thread for children. And adults. <laughs> right. And adults if they really want to do that. So they, they can um, do it with them. Um, they'll, everybody will have something to learn. Wow. Sewing. So yeah. we're going to have a lot of staff for that one. As you, I just read, there are three artists for the next one and then other staff because we, it's more one-on-one activation. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I, I, I know how to sew on a button. I've made costumes and things. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a big fan of, of the serger, to be honest with you. Uh-huh. That thing scares me. I've used I've a lot of different power surgeon. tools that can cut off your hands and fingers, but the serger... That thing scares me. That's just a bunch of little needles coming at your fingers. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I've never used a serger, so. Yeah, they're, they're dangerous. Cool. Well, all right, well, let me, all right, uh, well thank you very much. No, thank you very yeah. much for doing this. Thanks. And uh, yeah. for fitting me in the schedule. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's not easy. It's hard, yeah. I want to say thank you to Cynthia for taking her time for the interview. If you want to learn more information about Arlington Art Truck, you can go to the website at arts.arlingtonva.us backslash arlington-art-truck. Or you can go to their Instagram page at arttruckarlington. You can also go to Cynthia's website at www.cynthiaconley.com. And her Instagram page is cynthia4conley. To hear past episodes of Artbox, go to our Mixcloud page at mixcloud.com backslash artinthednv. You can go to Artbox's website at artboxdnv.com. We're on Instagram, artboxdnv, and our Twitter handle is at artdnv. Until next time, thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.